0: Welcome to WNL After Class, the Lifelong Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Candler. In every episode, we'll have engaging conversations with WNL's expert faculty, bringing you again to the colonnade, even if you're hundreds of miles away, just like the conversations that happen every day after class here at WNL. You'll hear from your favorite faculty on fascinating topics and meet professors who can introduce you to new worlds and continue your journey of lifelong learning. Our guest today is Jan Hathorn, the Michael F. Walsh Director of Athletics and a Professor of Physical Education at WNL. Jan joined the Washington and Lee faculty in 1987 and coached women's lacrosse for 19 seasons and women's soccer for 14 seasons. She was promoted to the athletic director in 2007, the first woman to hold this position at WNL. Under Jan's leadership, WNL's athletics programs have enjoyed some of their best seasons ever, having won more than 60% of their athletic contests and 104 conference championships, in addition to numerous other accolades. In 2019, Jan received the NCAA Division III Administrator of the Year Award. She's also an excellent athlete and has competed in soccer, tennis, softball, basketball, and swimming. Jan is a Hall of Fame member at both her high school and at State University of New York, where she received her Bachelor of Arts in Education. Jan, it is great to be with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Let's begin by talking about the relationship between athletics and academics. You mentioned something to me the other day, which I found so interesting. The athletics department is the only department at WNL that every student passes through during their college career why do you think WNL has mandated that all students must participate in physical education
1: i think it boils down to a simple fact that we all do better when our minds and our bodies are are active and in shape so to speak besides virtue there's real value in the fact that you learn through a pe class the things that are lifelong experiences that you can take with you anywhere that you go that would allow you to find and enjoy recreation and have a life of health and well-being.
0: As a Division Three school, WNL seemed to have a different, or, I don't know, perhaps a more focused emphasis on athletics than many of our peer schools. Here, we don't call members of teams simply athletes, but identify them as student athletes. Would you explain why that distinction is important and how that approach benefits both our athletics program and our academics?
1: I would love to tell you that because it's probably the thing that um, it is the the piece of our overall philosophy that really supports the mission of the university, and that is that we're students. Uh, you know, our our students come here to go to college, and so the fact that we have athletics, it's I love I love to call it educational sport because you're going to college and then you get to play your sport, and and so it's intentional on our part to make sure that our students understand that that's our priority is that you're a student and then you're an athlete. So we call them student athletes intentionally. Um, It's, it's a well-used overused possibly term anymore. Um, But I will tell you, I personally, whenever I catch myself saying athlete, I stop and put student in first because it's, it's a real value and it's a real um, it's of real import to what we're doing. Our students, for example, there's a policy on our campus that when you have a class that overlaps with your practice, finish the class you're in and then come to your PE class, which is your, your team sport. There, it's going to happen because it's the nature of when practices happen, but you, you finish the class you're in and then you come go to your next class and your next class happens to be your PE sport class. But those things are important. We want you to be a great student in all the things that you're doing um, in any classroom on campus and then, and then play your sport to the highest level as well.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has had a huge impact on WNL's athletics programs, unfortunately, forcing a long pause in competition. We recently began hosting athletic competitions again on campus, and uh, it was wonderful to hear the, the, the announcers you know, over the loudspeakers again and uh, gave me goosebumps. How did you feel uh, when that happened? And, and did you notice a change among our student athletes?
1: Well, I will, I will speak first to how I personally felt. So the very first competition we had at Washington and Lee in the 2020-2021 academic year was a basketball game, and it was a women's basketball game. And I went, and, you know, we have all these rules. There's nobody can be in there except the people actually participating. Um, and so it's a pretty empty gym, but there's – there are women running up and down the court, playing an opponent, and they're actually doing what they feel like they're created to do. It's part of this, part of their soul to be an athlete. They were made that way, and and I've always known that that's an important piece of what makes athletics an important, um, a, a such a valuable part of of everybody's career and college. But I stood there and I realized. For myself that what i was missing the depth of what i was missing and therefore the depth of the joy that i experienced when i saw that game was it was stark and it was memorable because for days i thought about that and how different i was just from being a, a spectator on the sideline at that game and i so takes you right into your second question this changes our student athletes and our coaches and all our staff that do what we do for the better I I stood there in that moment and thought, you know, all the hoops we've had to jump through and all the things we have to do to make this happen were the right thing to do. And it's been worth it. The joy on the faces of the athletes, the opponents, as well as WNL, the joy in the room, the spirit of it all. It was phenomenal. And it was it was its own little gift because it had been taken away and it had been given back. And I just think our students are in, in a, And I know our coaches are because I talk to them regularly. They're in a much, much better place than they were when they couldn't play and, uh, or could only practice to a point and, and not compete at all. Uh, it was it was a phenomenal experience, one I'll never forget.
0: It sounds like it's a, a reminder for everybody um, to pause and really appreciate what we have.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's happening.
0: Well, I I know that we're all tired of talking about the (laughs) pandemic, but I I do enjoy finding the silver linings. Mm -hmm. One development has been our Coffee with the Coaches alumni engagement series, which is an an informal conversation with the coaches. Why is it so important to keep alumni connected to athletics? And what are the benefits of
1: doing so? Well, I, I think it's some of it might seem obvious, but I think it's worth saying that you know, the experiences of our alums in particular who were student athletes are, are some of the greatest memories they'll ever have. And so it's important for our alums to have that connection back to a piece of their life when they were on WNL's campus and that they are carrying with them somewhere in their heart and soul because that's part of what this is about. And that's part of what we all experience when, when we're doing what we do athletically um, in an educational setup like we have at Washington and Lee. So it, I think it's incredibly important that that connection gets maintained and sustained because it it fills a space in people that is an important space in their life and also important in their memories and their connection to the university that that was so profound when they were here. Um, so it, it's a key piece of how we, I think, and I think we take it for granted at times, but how we... Uh, continue to to make it a priority that we stay in touch with our, our alums because of the value they brought when they were here, the bridges they built for the people that came after them in order to compete, and then for them to take part in some way is is sort of like the icing on the cake. They've they were a part of the program they're watching now, and they they made part of it, part of what it is today.
0: So, how often do you hear from? Well, alumni. <laughs> it,
1: it, I, I personally hear from alumni wonderfully very regularly now because I'm old enough that the, the women that I coach, their children are looking to come to <laughs> WNL or are on WNL's campus as we speak. So I hear from alums quite regularly um, in that personal aspect, but also regularly when it comes to our alums who have questions, interests, um, connections to students that would like to come to Washington and Lee questions and connections to our current coaching staff or, um, historic questions, you know, for our sports or athletics communication office about where things, you know, the statistics and records and, you know, remembering their days and, and is this person still the best whatever in that sport? And, um, so the Hall of Fame is one of the ways that we do that. It's a really important um, collaboration we have with alumni engagement. And to me, that's sort of the lifeblood of what we do in athletics in particular is, is bring those folks who have been part of our family back into what we're doing and, and help, help them feel that connection that was so important when they were student athlete.
0: How fun it must be to see it come full circle and also see the next generation coming up through the ranks. Oh,
1: absolutely. Which is what I think most of us, I'll speak for myself. When it comes to education, that's why I got into education, because it's this this lifelong thing that you're always connected to. And uh, educational sport is in more ways than one, that exact thing, a lifelong connection.
0: Well, it's probably safe to say that all WNL alumni remember their swim test, um, but maybe not everyone may remember it fondly. Yeah. A university swim tests are sometimes criticized as an unfair burden for students from cultures or backgrounds in which swimming is not typically taught during childhood, uh, or for those who didn't have access to swim lessons or a safe place to swim while growing up. How has the WNL swim? test changed over time to address these differences in cultural diversity?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I I really appreciate the question because it is an important aspect of what we're doing. And we have changed it as a result of feedback from our students, feedback from folks across campus uh, and their concerns about the efficacy of it, the importance of it. And so we've, we've, adjusted as we go in many ways to accommodate the fact that we still think this is an incredibly important uh, skill that that all of our students should have when they leave Washington and Lee so for example um, <clears throat> if there is a person whose faith uh, demands that there the only other person can that can be in the pool with them is their, is their instructor? Then we close the pool down to everyone else, and we teach that person one on one. And we do that for anyone who might have a reason for that to be the setup and the teaching environment in which they need to be um, feel comfortable and that it's appropriate. So if anybody who is unable to swim does not have to try to jump into the pool and prove to us they don't have to, they can't swim. They just need to tell us that, and then we uh, arrange our swim instruction classes to fit their needs and their capabilities. So it used to be that you had to take the PE uh, fundamental swim class until you could actually literally pass the swim test in the class. But we have changed that now to accommodate those folks who just may not ever be able to pass the swim test by taking the class over and over and over again. So we, we took that piece out and you take fundamental swim. If you don't know how to swim, you take that class, you take it until it's complete, you pass the class by attending and doing whatever's required of you. And then if you can pass the swim test while you're in the class, you also pass the class and you get to check the, the swim test as completed. But if you are unable to pass the swim test during that class, we still allow you to complete the class, get the grade, and count that as a swim test. Because it's, it's reality that there are those folks who are going to struggle to swim and and make, make the swim test uh, requirements happen for them. So We've acknowledged that and moved to a space where we feel like taking the class and finishing it and completing everything that's been asked of them, with the exception of the ability to to pass that piece of a test, is sufficient. And and we've had a lot of positive feedback about that.
0: Part of the university's new strategic plan is to create a WNL softball team. This seems pretty straightforward, but you've mentioned that it's more meaningful than just adding another sport to WNL's list of offerings. Why? Why is that? And when do you think the program will be up and running?
1: Well, what makes it meaningful is and exciting. I think is the fact that we'll be able to reach out to and draw young women to campus from all areas of, of the United States and, and maybe the, the world, it's a really popular sport that's played in a lot of places. We are the only school within our conference, the ODAC, that doesn't have a softball team, and it's an offering that we should be offering if we're in a league that has softball, and it's offered. So that's also another reason that makes it important is that, is that it's um, a, a bit of an equity issue. So I I think most important for Washington and Lee is the kind of young woman that is a softball player that would end up being a student here and therefore enriching our campus in all the ways that all the rest of our student athletes do, you know, coming from the various uh, worlds and and places that they uh, live and belong. So, you know, right now the strategic plan has it stated that it would be Um, 2025 and 2026 that we would hopefully begin building we'd have to build a brand new stadium Uh, so obviously the the fundraising and the efforts to to get that up and running have to happen yet so those are the dates at the moment that that I'm familiar with that happen to be what we're our target and what we're what we're aiming to do and the exciting piece is that we get to build a brand new stadium and it gets to be as elite and high level as our baseball stadium. So it's going to be a fantastic facility because we have a fantastic baseball stadium. And uh, I think it's really going to be another feather in the cap for Washington Elite athletics when it comes to the quality of our facilities and the draw it will be for, for women who play softball.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now, do you know the location of that? Will that yeah. be next to the baseball yeah. field or? Yep. Yeah.
1: That's where it's going to go. It's going to go in, uh, very nearby. It's, it's going to be great because it'll be, it'll be that sort of space on campus for those two sports that are so, so similar and so um, compatible.
0: W&L Athletics was revitalized this past fall when the university opened the brand new state-of-the-art Duchesswa Athletic and Recreation Center. I just walked through for the first time yesterday. It's amazing. Uh, what was it like for you walking into that building the day it opened?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I it's a little bit like a kid in a candy store, you know, it's like, look at all this stuff, it's so awesome. And and I have as being one of the elder state states of our department, I've been here a long time to see all that it used to be. And so that just uh, drives home the amazingness of it. I think I just created a new word. It it fits. It does fit. It's if if you did walk around, you will see there's so much to it that is just so amazing. And it's and and the thing is they, they captured, they were able to capture some of the feelings. Uh, of the old facility that we had. So we still have Doremus, which is its own thing and its own sort of spirit and its own history. But then they captured some of the things from Warner Center and made it part of this building so that there's this bridge between Doremus and the old building and the new Duchess Athletic Recreation Center. So um, it's it has almost on a daily basis proven to be an aha moment of oh my gosh, we have that. Or this is, you know, so here we are in COVID and everybody's indoor facilities have to be checked for this HVAC system that's compatible or at a high enough level that there's not a worry or a fear of spreading the virus. And we step into this brand new building that has the latest. And so we've not had one reason to be concerned about that aspect of our indoor facility uh, as it come as it applies to us coming to work in a pandemic. I mean, just how fortuitous is that? And <laughs> on top of that, it's just it's just such a relief and such a a security sense of security. It's um, but we have so much here. They they took down the old building and rebuilt on that footprint, and we're able to put in so much more because they they took out all the spaces that were just weren't necessary, and they put things in them that we needed. So it it's been. It's been fantastic. It it really is still, it still smells like a new car. You know,
0: <laughs> love that smell. You know what what uh, stuck out to me with with your description during the pandemic and the safety issues. It it's that you know the students need that you know that uh, the endorphins during mm-hmm. the pandemic, and so to have that safe space to go mm-hmm. and and work out yeah. and and you know be together. Um, cool. Absolutely. And from a safe distance is so important. Yep. Well, every time I ask a staff member who works there about the building, yeah, you know, they, they light up. Yeah. How, how has the new Duchess Wall Center changed the athletics and physical education experience for students? And what would you say are some of its most popular features?
1: Well, the, the popular feature before and the po- popular feature after is the fitness center. Um, it's fantastic. And, it was fantastic to begin with. And then we made it even larger, which, you know, I, I know it sounds sort of trite and canned when I say this, but I couldn't be more sincere when I say, I just am so thankful. I work at a place that allowed us to do this right when we did it. So we enlarged the fitness center. And so now it's possible for student athletes who are part of a varsity team to possibly have their strength and conditioning session at the exact same time that anybody from our community who's allowed to be using the fitness center can be in there. And in the past, it would one would overtake the other, uh, especially with the larger teams we have. So I would say probably the most popular space is a fitness center, in part because our fantastic people have been able to keep it open throughout the academic years in this pandemic. So, you know, obviously lots of restrictions and things that you have to follow, but the protocols and the mitigation things that we're doing have allowed that to happen and, you know, I got to find something to knock on, knock on wood. But <laughs> so far it's not, there hasn't been able, we haven't been able as, as a university to point to athletics or physical education or the fitness center as a cause of spreading the virus on campus. So major, major kudos to the folks in the fitness center who run that and Patty Colleton, Haley Yedder, Aaron Gibson who all run our strength and conditioning and our fitness center uh, operations, just the work that they've done to make that a safe space so that everyone can continue to work out and and deal with, with the mental health of their physical health when it comes to being in a pandemic. So that's been a really, really big bright spot for us.
0: Well, the Wa indoor tennis facility which opened several years ago allowed WNL to host some important regional tennis competitions. Do you expect that the new Wa facility will permit additional regional competitions that were otherwise not able to host previously?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's another bright spot. So, the way that our former gym was built, we didn't have a ceiling that was high enough for us to host a a regional NCAA volleyball match, so now we can because it was the coolest thing this year when the first volleyball match and the vol and a, and a ball got hit and it went high into the ceiling and it didn't run into anything. It just kept flying
0: <laughs> instead of going
1: through all the all the steel eye can- uh, beams that were used to be above the floor. It's just not there anymore. So um that and men's and women's basketball which we've never really been able to host because of just the size and the the makeup of the of the court so we have hosted wrestling regionals indoors and we can continue to do that but the i think the exciting piece is that now our men's and women's basketball and our volleyball team are going to have that opportunity and then
0: i think and what a great opportunity for the student population too Absolutely. once we're able to to gather back again is to have that sporting event to attend
1: There are a couple other things I want to mention. One is our athletic training clinic. It's bigger than it ever was. And it's fantastic. And it's giving our very capable and expert athletic training staff uh, space to do what they need to do. And then we have a rec gym that we put in where the pool used to be. So this is really phase two of this project. We built the natatorium so that we could build this project and have that extra gym. So that rec gym is now in. So When we get back to normal use of our building, anyone can go in and play a pickup game of some kind um, down in the rec gym while we're having practices in the other gyms upstairs. So really cool. It's going to be a very,
0: very busy place when things open back up. I want to switch gears a bit and discuss what it means to be a woman in the world of college athletics, particularly at WNL. You began your career here as a coach in 1987, just a couple years after coeducation. Mm-hmm. During that period, you were able to observe the first class of female students who made their way through WNL. You're also the first female athletic director at WNL. Would you share with us some of your observations of those? those challenges and rewards of Mm co-education faced by female student-athletes during those early years.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's such a great story. The women that I knew that were student-athletes, but also by extension, their friends and classmates in those first few classes, especially the class of 1989, were were just undaunted. And it was impressive and inspirational because they They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting into. And, you know, and especially now that they're alums and I know them as, as alums, and we sometimes talk about what their experiences were like here. It's just, it's, it's sort of, we're sort of awestruck with how, how bad it was in some ways. And I say bad just because everything was so oriented towards men. And so they'd go to a, to the, the place to eat was called the cockpit. Well, then we had to change the name of the cockpit. It became the General's Headquarters, right? But, so, you know, these are the things we laugh about today because those are the things that WNL was transitioning uh, when they got here. And it just, they, they sort of set the place on its ear because they just were um, unfazed. I'm sure they, they, I know, they dealt with a lot of things that just, you can't know what you're not prepared for until you get people here and you start going, oh, Right. We should have thought of that. The university, though, let me just say this because it's so true. The university was as prepared as they could be. It, it was all in. Like no one held back on what it was going to be for um, these women to get here and start taking part in athletics or music or dance or whatever it was that, that, that we were going to offer them. It was ready to go. And if it wasn't ready to go, the feedback was this isn't in place. And so then we'd look at it and people would take care of it. It it was it was such a, a cool experiment in some ways because we all knew it was here we go, here we're starting, and we'll just walk through it. And obviously it's been highly, highly successful. Um, <laughs> and and I and I think there's you know, there's more than one reason for that, and there's a lot of variables at play, but I think in part, a lot of the credit goes to the women and and their ability to continue to just walk through whatever presented itself. And they wanted to be here. It was palpable. And they were happy to be here, as, as trying as it probably was for a lot of them for a lot of the time. But they had ex- excellent experiences on the other hand. And I think at some point, those those things balance themselves out. And when I talk to those women today, they are some of the most Gratified, satisfied women, because of the growth from their moment until today, and what what's going on on campus today. So um, they set the bar very high, and I'd like to think that we've met the, that bar and sustained it. But I tell you, they were they were groundbreaking people and very amazing people.
0: Why did I even say maybe excelled with the addition of yeah. the softball team?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <gasps>
0: All right, Jan, I have to ask, what is it like to be a woman in a male-dominated profession?
1: Well, it's it's a lot like the experience of the women who first came here. You, you know what you're getting into. And if you're not aware, you're probably not awake, right? If you've been in athletics long enough, you, you just know it's a guy's world. That doesn't mean that the women aren't welcome, but you have to make a place for yourself at times too. And You know, there, there've been numbers of meetings where I'm the only woman in the room. And if there are other people from physical education and athletics with me, they usually were male, not, not so much anymore, but at least in the beginning. And so if there was a group of men and myself around a table, the men would talk to the men. And at some point I would just literally have to insert myself and say, well, as the director of athletics, this is what I think. And it, it wasn't that it wasn't re- well received. They just, it's just automatic and natural. Um, so sometimes you have to break the cycle, so to speak, or you have to, um, you know, just sort of prick people's memory that, oh yeah, right, 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 right. Like it, she's here and she's she's the director. And so what do you think, Jan? Most people that I've dealt with and throughout my career in this role have learned that women in this role is a really good thing and they're not sorry. You know, it's not like what a mistake. It's the same thing with when we co-educated. It was never a mistake. Um, It's an adjustment and it's a modification to the things that you do automatically and the things that are automatic about athletics uh, in, in some ways, administratively in particular. And it's not, it's better today. It's not, it's not equal, uh, especially on the division one level, but in division three, it's, it's made, we've made a lot of progress. There are a lot of women in my role around the country. I think it's safe to say that very much like those pioneers of our co-educational class that we keep walking and we keep making a difference every day and, and it changes things and there's impacts and it's, it's a benefit and it's, and it, and it's a positive and it's welcomed and it's becoming more and more welcomed. It's, it's a really cool thing to have been a part of. It's not always been easy, and it's often been maddening and frustrating, yet I wouldn't change it for the world. And I couldn't be more honored to be the first woman to be in this role.
0: Thank you for sharing that with You're us. Welcome. I really appreciate that. All right, so you, you, just, you just touched on this a little bit. What do you think it means to our female student athletes and coaches, not to mention other women in the college sports arena, to see you in this role?
1: I'm I'm glad you've asked that question because I can say with much more confidence and certainty in the last three four years, that it has been brought to my attention the difference it makes to the women who work in this department, the the women student athletes, in part because our our women students are interested in, in and it's interesting how things sort of come around in a cycle, but they're interested in the history. And we have coaches in our department, women in particular, but also some of our male uh, head coaches who draw attention to the fact that women haven't been on campus for very long. And they're proud of the fact that there are women on campus. And so they, they sort of go through the history with their teams and or with their PE classes. And, you know, just for example, there's a student athlete on one of our teams who's in women and sexuality and gender studies and is doing a capstone on the history of women at Washington and Lee and athletic, you know, and it's, Oh, I can't wait to see that. So it's, and, and I'm sure she's got several iterations of where she's ended up on that, but we've been in conversations about what was it like and, and what does it mean? And then she's told me what it means to her to see a woman in this role and have a woman coach and so on and so forth. And, I can say with confidence it's impactful and it's meaningful and it's valuable and necessary. and it just needs to keep getting better. we've I've, We've got to continue to do a, a job of keeping women in the forefront of of all these positions because it's it's time and and they're good at it. Uh, they're the experts. Yeah. we need them.
0: That we do. So what do you think your legacy will be
1: at WL? <laughs> ah, this is a hard question. <laughs> Only because somebody asked me years ago when I first took over, what do you want your legacy to be? And I'm like, I never even thought about a legacy. I just get up and do my job, right? I have been blessed with the opportunity to be part of of constructing this facility. That'll be something that will be part of my legacy. It seems so cocky to talk about a legacy, but I guess in the end you leave a trail, right? So I think being the first woman is a huge piece of that path and, and the people before me in this role did this well too, but our, as, as athletics and our culture in general evolves and, and the way that our culture puts so much emphasis on athletes and athletics, I think the fact that we are still all about being a student and then you're an athlete is really huge. And it, and it fits this institution and this institution's mission. And I, I think for me, the most important legacy is the record of students who are scholar athletes at Washington and Lee and or scholar athletes on a higher regional or national level or within our, our conference, Postgrad scholarship numbers, you know, how they excelled in the classroom and in their sport together and then got recognized for that is, is probably the most important legacy of all for me.
0: When you look back over your career, is there anything that you would have done differently? Oh, You've Lord been a trailblazer. So <laughs>
1: Who <laughs> doesn't look back on their life and go, geez, wish I didn't do that? I know. My list um, is very long. <laughs> absolutely. Um I I think I, I I think the one thing I would change um when I was coaching and then when I started in this role was to be a little more comfortable being to talking about women and athletics and women in charge. You know, I I, I think I could have been a little bolder and a little more confident about that um, just because, you know, at the same time, you, you, you don't come into a spot and just change everything. And you, you're not going to change people necessarily until or you might change their, their minds or their attitudes towards some things through living things out. And I acquiesced, I think a little more than I probably would if I were to start today, that's much more important to me today than it was then. And I, I, I wish I'd recognize that, I think.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. You're I appreciate welcome. it. Well, before we wrap up our conversation today, I'd like to do a quick lightning round with you. And so I'm going to ask you a question, and you respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What's the most memorable thing you have seen happen in a WNL sports competition?
1: Well, the most recent one is the women's basketball game after COVID. Um, yeah. But there's a gazillion.
0: All right, so what do you like to do when you're not on campus or watching athletics?
1: Yeah, garden, read, walk my dog. What are you reading? Uh, Right now, I am reading Ruth Bader Ginsburg's autobiography. (sighs) It's on my list. I'm here. It's fantastic.
0: So we were talking the other day, and you said that you are not ashamed to admit that you're a crier. So I (laughs) hope you don't mind me sharing that with all of our listeners. What makes you cry?
1: Oh Lord, lots of things, um, purity and innocence, um, just skill or a situation where skill and preparation come together and it's just magic. And it's just, it's awe inspiring, um, love and pain and, uh, shared, shared positive, uh, relationships with people, um, that are deep and real truth, you know, Honesty, those things that are sort of virtues, but also values, they make me cry. I love
0: that. All right. And now for something completely different. You have a pretty, <laughs> you have a pretty sweet side gig. Yeah. You know, no, no pun intended with that. But, but as, as co-owner of Lexington's nationally renowned chocolate shop, the Cocoa Mill,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how did you become involved with an industry so different than that uh, of the world of athletics?
1: Oh, uh, I, you know, honestly, it's a little bit of luck and a little bit of just being in the right space at the right time. And my business partner, and I just really felt like this was something that we should do, and I didn't even know I was going to apply to become the athletic director, let, let alone be appointed the athletic director. So it was going to be something that I, you know, could spend my my uh, bits of my summer doing. And but anyway, we it it just became a thing that we thought we should do, and we were fortunate to make it happen. And and the goal all along was for it to be a family business, and it has become that for her family. So. Um, it is a sweet side gig. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. In that it way. is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Jan, thanks so much.
0: I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I, I appreciate you joining us.
1: It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Ruth, for having me.
0: And thanks as always to you for listening. We hope you've discovered something new. To read more about today's podcast and check out other ways to continue your lifelong learning with WNL, you can visit our website wlu.edu lifelong where you'll find our two previously recorded webinar series, Prejudice, Discrimination, and Anti-Racism and Truth Opinion in the News Media. We hope you'll join us back here soon. Thanks again, and until then, let's remain together, not unmindful of the future.